Welcome to the Her Life Her Way podcast hosted by me, Maddie. Here at the Her Life Her Way podcast, we facilitate honest and vulnerable conversations with women from across the globe that shine a light on how we can craft a life that feels meaningful and joyful to us all. Through these conversations, you can expect to feel empowered in your journey to live, relate, and work in a way that feels nourishing for your mind, your body, and your soul. We will never shame you into thinking you aren't enough or that you are not doing enough. Alternatively, our conversations highlight the patriarchal system working against all women and will provide you with the tools, wisdom, and support you need to live a fulfilling life in spite of a system that is designed to strip women of their autonomy, joy, and wholeness. This is your life. You get to live it your way. So welcome again to the Her Life, Her Way podcast. I am so grateful that you are here, and let's tune in to the episode. On the podcast, I am so, so, so excited to bring to you our guest. Uh, Sally Marie Young is a true soul stylist, helping you come back home to soul and transform your life to match your soul's essence. Sally does so through teaching and coaching using Reiki energy work, intuitive coaching, yoga and meditation, and many other spiritual modalities. This is her signature soul work. Sally is also a co-owner to Be Soul Wellness Studio in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey, my hometown, <laughs> along with her two daughters. Be Soul is a space to come to and remember who you are. You are just a soul. We believe that community is built in the hearts of the human soul connecting to another. In Sally's free time, she is chasing sunrises and geeking out on astrology or feng shui in any space she is in. Sally enjoys spending time with her family, being in nature, and taking up a lot of soul space in the world. Sally enjoys the art of transformation and loves to help others find their own authentic soul style. So welcome, Sally. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Maddie. I love this connection. It's wonderful. Yeah, I'm so, so excited to dive into our conversation today because there's just so many different directions that we can go. But to start, I first want to give you the opportunity to share a little bit about who you are and your story. So if you want to take a moment to tell us a bit about what has brought you to where you are today in your life and in your business, that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, my name is Sally Marie Young. I, um, it's funny, I call myself a soul stylist and I've called myself a soul stylist for many, 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 many moons. Um, and it, it really is at the core of everything that I've ever done in my life. Um, when I got out of high school and most of my friends were going to college, I went off to beauty school and was a hairstylist for many years and loved that work, literally. <laughs> I still, when I go into a hair salon, I, I have pangs in my heart. Like I just can feel the creativity in the air and I love it. Um, but that was really my, my first job ever. And um, I stayed in that career for, for quite a few years into having uh, my first two children, my daughters. And then something started to shift in me where I started to feel as if I wasn't able to get the transformation to my clients as deeply as I desired. Um, mm -hmm. It's one thing to make them look pretty, 
right? And looked good. Um, But I also found myself exhausting my energy behind the chair, being a coach as a stylist, (laughs) um, being an intuitive, working on their crown chakra, really picking up a tremendous amount of information and really trying to help them not just look beautiful, but also trying to really create intuitively for them what I was feeling and up from their energy and the information they were giving me about their life. Um, So it was a, it was a, a, a different experience that I had no language for. So I found myself very frustrated. And then I decided to exit out of my hairstyling career, which everybody thought I was crazy because I had a large book and a big following and nothing was really wrong. Um, It was me. Um, I just felt like there was a deeper layers that I needed to roll into that I needed to, to figure out for myself. I just wanted to serve on a different level. So from that, my transition to um, feng shui was, seemed very natural to me. Um, being a stylist and, and working with feng shui, it also worked for anthropology for a little bit of time. And um, feng shui was everything. It was, you know, I mean, feng shui is the natural order of energy. So it, it came very natural to me. I loved it. I found myself studying something called fashion feng shui with a teacher named of, um, Ivana Magoria, she's actually passed on now, but she was one of my very first deep spiritual teachers. I had no idea that that was available. I thought I was just going to learn like feng shui and design and decorating. And it was a spiritual experience that completely changed my life. And it was from that point that I started to go into coaching schools. And while I was doing all of that, um, in the, in the midst of it all, I had, uh, decided that, you know, I needed to explore energy a little bit deeper because feng shui was so resonating with my, with me. And I found a Reiki person at a, like a meetup, um, social event. And, uh, within two days I had, was on her table having a Reiki session and I had a profound experience. Mm-hmm. And that experience, just catapulted me into the world of energy work and along into that world of energy work I brought with me the life coaching studies the spiritual studies um yoga teacher trainings like everything started to just kind of open up I said I used to say that I was on I was in my own version of college because I was spending tons and tons of money (laughs) on like every single certification that I I could not get enough Um, But I was on the spiritual fast track and um, stayed in my Reiki trainings up to becoming a Reiki master. And then from that point, the rest has just kind of brought me through many, 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 many different avenues of bringing this work out into the world. But ultimately, um, where I sit now is um, in my studio space here in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. It's called Be Soul. Uh, this is my second Be Soul studio. I also had one in Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania. Um, but ultimately, combine it all, my life work, my biggest passion is transformation. Mm-hmm. People 
not just um, kind of, you know, awaken to some positivity or have a shift in their mind, but really seeing people shift their energy completely to be a, a beautiful, perfect projection of their soul light. And when that happens, life changes in dramatical in dramatic ways. I know this to be true for myself. And so bringing people through that experience is really my life work. Oh, beautiful. And I did not know that you were a hairstylist for like the for- first portion of your career. Yeah. I love how you tied that into what you do now. And so for someone who doesn't know what Reiki is or someone who's not familiar with energy work, can you break that down um, on like a real granular level for us to be able to better understand the work that you do? Sure. Absolutely. Favorite thing to do. As soon as people say, when I say Reiki, they all get a very perplexed look on their face and it's (laughs) favorite thing to do to talk to people that don't understand or never heard of it before. So Reiki is this funny little word. um, And I always say, if I could change the word Reiki to meet us in modern the modern world, but without disrespecting the teachings of Dr. Yasui, who brought Reiki to us in 1920, um, I would do that. However, I <laughs> want to respect it all. So Reiki, the actual word Reiki means spiritually guided life force energy. Hmm. So spiritually guided life force energy is you are already energy. We're all, you know, just particles of energy, but we're usually living our lives inundated from outer information, whether it's our environment, it's from the collective, it's from your workspace, your relationships. We are acquiring information that is shaping our energy. And what Reiki does is it really teaches you, or at least this is is my way, it is a healing art. So let me just state every single person, I know many Reiki practitioners, everyone is different. Nobody paints the same. No. Nope. Right? So yeah. healing art. My version of doing Reiki energy work and really opening people up to understanding you're just a piece of energy and mm. we can connect with life force energy, meaning you just become present. Yep. It's really that simple. And I'm not teaching you anything that you don't already know. I'm helping you remember who you really are when you become present to life force energy. You become aware that something bigger than me is breathing me. Something bigger than me is actually moving this body of mine. And what is that? And how can I align with that and start connecting my truth and my authenticity from an energetic space inside of me moving out into the world rather than being inundated and the world is squashing out your spirit? Mm. The way that a Reiki session really unfolds is different based upon any practitioner that you're going to see. For me, I have a signature session that I call a soul session. And it's combining everything that I do. Um, so it's feng shui, it's intuitive life coaching. The last thing we do is get on the table for energy work. And even in doing energy work with people, which is the art of placing your hands over or on the body, and I'm a yogi, so I know the issues are in your tissues. So I <laughs> body because I know there's stuff 
there. And when we feel dense areas in the body, just from energetic heat or just, um, you know, a, a, I can actually feel it in my body a lot. I'll get information in my body that will show me where there may be scar tissue or they're holding pain. And then I go to that area of their body. But really, it is feng shuiing the energy within your body because we're all so jacked up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So our internal energies are all inside out, upside down in the wrong rooms. Um, and therefore, people don't really express themselves clearly or authentically. So... My version of Reiki is to calm down your nervous system, which everyone benefits from that, so mm -hmm. that you start to return to your natural organic energy. And I just help facilitate bringing some sense of order to all of that. And the transformation occurs within the person. I actually have nothing to do with that transformation. That transformation happens within their presence, within their ability to surrender the nervous system, and then just breathing with Reiki, breathing with life force energy and allowing it to reorganize so that you can shine to your fullest capacity. It's like a, it's like a something in me that I can't turn off where I want to remove every single energetic blemish that I see on everyone because people <laughs> Side. And it's like, don't suffer. You can just like be free in your energy and, and, be in your authentic light. And I, I really, truly have um, this mindset that, you know, that's where we really begin to make a difference in the world. And that's where we really begin to uh, change the world when we create the changes within ourselves that just allow ourselves to be your authentic light. Absolutely. So I'm a big believer in that too. And I love how you talked about um, – how when you are practicing Reiki and you're connecting with people in this way and even connecting with yourself in this way, how you are able to connect to life force energy, whatever that may mean for you, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was experiencing Reiki for the first time when I was in college. So I was maybe what, like 18, 19. And then later on getting like starting to practice Reiki um, with like friends and family and clients and things like that. That was the biggest thing that I had experienced in terms of transformation. I went from growing up Catholic, then going through this period of my life where I just felt completely disconnected from any sense of like spiritual practice or any sense of something bigger, whatever that means to you again. And I was just floating around as I was going through college. And when I experienced Reiki for the first time when someone was practicing on me, it was like this reconnection period of, oh, I remember now. And it's not at all what I had been taught. <laughs> like it's actually like it, I like I felt it so physically within my body and also so physically within my heart, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I went through this whole period of my life, this whole chapter of my life where I just felt so spiritually attuned, so connected and um, in like a loving relationship with a God or a higher power that I had never once experienced in my <laughs> uh, childhood when like growing up in a religious family. And so I'm curious, both in your own experience and in the work that you do with clients as well, what that relationship to like life force energy or a higher power has looked like once people have really 
recalibrated their nervous systems once people have connected to like the present moment. Um, can you expand upon that a little bit? Um, yeah, I, I, God, that's a, that's a hard question to ask because I'm trying to look through the lens of, um, a client to answer this question for you. And I, all I can, I can paraphrase everything that you just said. Yeah. You know, for first time, uh, clients, they've never seen themselves this way before. Mm-hmm. They've never observed themselves as a mind, body, soul in that way before. We hear that term all the time, but you have no idea what that is until you're really in a dropped in space. That is one of the reasons why I feel that Reiki is so effective, just like yoga, um, but Reiki a little bit more intense and a little bit more intimate. Um, yeah. When you are dropped in, And what I mean by dropped in is that um, when I have people on the table, I take them through a little guided meditation and then we move into breath work and not vigorous breath work, just aligning with life force energy, prana, it's breath. Mm -hmm. I always say to people, there's something breathing you, you're not actually breathing. And that thing is Reiki in my Mm -hmm. eye. Yeah, You may call it anything you want, but as soon as I start to feel people breathe when they're aware of that, you know, like life is breathing you. Why don't you co-create with it? Surf it, hop on the wave, breathe it into the body and know what it feels like to come alive. And then Mm. as you exhale, surf it out of your body and know what it's like to feel safe and calm and trust. Because it's inherent in you. It's inherent in me. It's inherent in all of us. It's just that we're not afforded access to it in the way that we've lived our lives in the world. But when I see people drop in from that perspective of breath, um, I see them let go of the body. And as soon as they let go of the body, then their energy becomes a little bit more mutable. And I can go in and kind of move things around. And, you know, yes, healing occurs through Reiki, but honestly, um, Reiki is an activation for you to meet who you really are, for you to drop all the layers and the labels and all the things that your nervous system gets all jacked up about every single day and just be you. And one of my favorite, um, scientific studies, not just on Reiki, but just in meditation is Deepak Chopra talks about the gap in meditation and just I think it's eight milliseconds spent in the gap, which is the gap is purely like where you lose everything. You lose, you lose thought. And then you come back and you're like, Oh, where did I go? You you know? And so the the gap, if, if you can drop in on the table or in a session with someone in a, in a hands-on healing environment, um, That is really where the healing happens because eight milliseconds in the gap, eight milliseconds, your body equates that to a 30 minute nap. Wow. A 30 minute nap. That is an incredible reboot and reset to your nervous system. That's a game changer. And then when you're able to align your, you know, spirituality and something bigger than you to the body in that way, well, then 
the, the, it's, the change is palpable, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I say to people, I wish I took before and after pictures because when people come in and you can feel the heaviness, you know, and then when the session is over, their eyes are bigger, their skin looks brighter, and their auric field is more vibrant. Their mindset has shifted. The world mm -hmm. looks different. The issue is maintaining, maintaining that frequency because it's all wonderful when you're in a healing space or when you're in yoga class and you feel really good, but then you go back into this highly contaminated world and we have to learn how to manage our energy and our frequency. And this is something that I'm like, just give me a soapbox, please. <laughs> because energetic hygiene, energetic responsibility is everything. It will yes. change your whole life when you become aware of that. It teaches you healthy boundaries because you want to try to keep your energy as clean as possible. It teaches you your nervous system. You start becoming aware of, you know, what doesn't feel really good for my nervous system. I'm not going to engage in that or what feels really in alignment for me. And then you start experiencing flow dynamic in your life. Um, I don't even know if I'm answering your question at this point. I'm just like, no, you are, you are. <laughs> I'm curious. So kind of going off of that, because I really want to dive deeper into energetic hygiene and some of the practices that you do and encourage with your clients. But before we get there, um, I know there are about like a thousand and one different like energy disruptors right out in the world that we live in right now. Oh, yeah. But what would you say are some of the most common energy disruptors that a lot of us are experiencing on a day to day that really um, are more harmful than we, we might really be thinking? Yeah. Our disconnect from nature. Number one. Um, mm -hmm. You know, in native cultures, uh, they say, take off your shoes. They're making you sick. You are disconnected from the earth. There is a point in the soles of our feet that absorbed an electromagnetic energy from the earth that is powerful nutrients, you know, mm -hmm. and we're so that's just like one small example shoes, but we're so disconnected from the earth, you know, um, so that I would say that is number one and number two, social media our electronic devices are taking us into an alternative reality that is disengaging us from our humanness. Mm -hmm. And I'm not bagging on it all because I do love the connection. I believe that there's angels out there working in the social media world um, that's pushing, you know, our web of connection to each other. However, it has never been handed to us in a proper way, which has been to teach us energetic hygiene. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's kind of, it's, it, it has run away like a wild horse in the opposite direction without anybody uh, kind of, you know, managing that or putting it out to the world in a proper way. So it's up to us. It's up to humanity to remember our humanness. You know, um, that life in through this lens of the camera on our phone or on our laptop is is not real life. Yep. <laughs> it is not real life. Um, that's why I love voice messaging. I know you and I go back voice messaging on. Yep. <laughs> and 
you're a real live person, you know? So social media is a huge, huge disconnect. And ritual would be my number three. Mm. There are, we're starving for ritual as a society. People have a loss of connection to the holiness of their life. Um, I, you know, where there's so many scientific studies out there on a morning practice, you know, or just having morning awareness and how you start your day. Um, but for the most part, people wake up and they grab their phone and they start their day in the screen and not in the heart. Mm -hmm. That is a huge void. So they are the three things, disconnect to nature, social media, and void of ritual that really um, contaminate us energetically, you know? And when you really think about that, that's happening very first thing in the morning. And our whole day, we're trying to find balance. We're trying to get in flow, but you never set you never set the tune. You didn't tune in before you started your day. You know, we forget yep. we have so much power and we give so much of our energy to all these external things, you know, but really the power is within you. And if you can align with that and attune to that every single day, your mind, your body and your spirit will know what's home. It will know. It'll throw the phone across the room when it knows you've been on it for too long. You'd be like, what the? Get the (laughs) I didn't take a walk, you know, get in the ocean, get my dog. Absolutely. And I feel, I think most of us have experienced that very viscerally, right? Like those moments that we are out in nature, those moments in which we are deeply connected to ourselves or to others, those moments where we're really dropped in, you know, for lack of a better word, you feel that in your body, you know, and you can realize if you're paying attention, how that affects the rest of your day, the moments to come, right? As opposed to how you feel again, if you're paying attention, after 30 minutes of scrolling on TikTok, or after like, two hours behind your computer screen, just like plugging and chugging away from work. And I want to acknowledge too, that the system has been set up for us a little bit to fail, especially after COVID with everything going remote, like so many of us wake up and shortly after you're right on your computer doing work inside your house, disconnected from nature, all the things, right? But also, like you said, you are able to claim your own power. So I want to acknowledge like you're put in a system that doesn't really necessarily empower you to do this. But also, if you want to feel good, you can find ways to carve out space. So that way you are ethically leading, ethically like living in your life, taking responsibility for your energy. And so I would love for you to talk a little bit about what you do in the morning for your morning ritual, um, just as an example for folks who might be wondering what that could even look like. Oh, yes. Uh, (laughs) Wow. I mean, my mornings are super sacred. Um, Everybody knows, don't bother me, don't touch me, don't get in my way. (laughs) very sacred to me. I wake up very early organically. And one of the things that I love to teach people, especially in Reiki level one, when I'm trainings is find your time. Everybody has their own internal clock that there's a certain time of the day that really is their sweet spot. And also know the opposite of that. Know the time of the day where your body starts to dip and don't anything 
override your calendar more than your body's natural rhythms at all. So for the most part, I always talk about morning because, you know, morning is the time when you are the cleanest, the purest. Nobody has interacted with you to piss you off or shift. <laughs> right? Yeah. My routine is I wake up really early. I, I get right up out of bed. Um, I only lay in bed for just a few moments after I open my eyes. Now, I've been doing this practice for a long time of self-Reiki. So for me, it comes... I don't have to think about it. Like my body does it when I wake up. I naturally place my hands on my body and I just start breathing. I am so grateful I woke up. I am alive. You know, I am here. And I just give myself a little self energy work, which is just giving my own body loving intention. That's mm -hmm. it. Before anyone else, I give to me. Um, it takes none, nothing like a minute. Um, but I never get out of bed until I do that. And then once I get out of bed, I'm out of bed. I do not go back into bed. So I have a little nook in my house, my little quiet uh, corner um, where I'll go and sit. I'll have my coffee, do my meditation, do a little breath work, um, which is never vigorous breath work, by the way. Um, I love breath work. I do all types of breath work. Um, but natural rhythmic breathing will get you there every time. Nobody mm -hmm. knows how to breathe. You already know how to breathe. You're breathing. You're not even thinking about it. Um, but just aligning my consciousness with my breath through meditation. I journal every day. I've been journaling since I was 13 years old. And mm -hmm. some days I don't have much to say, but I still just write anything. Like the sun feels good or today's a great day or I'm pissed today whatever it is, you know, and that's really it. But I give, this is happening in a wide span of time. So if I wake up at 444 every day and I try to watch the sunrise as much as I possibly can, anybody, I, my biggest advice could give you is to get outside of your house in the morning and let your eyes eat the morning light. It is Lots of science and data behind that. If you can catch the morning light in your eyes, what it does to your body is fantastic. It's foodless nutrition. It's very, very powerful. So I try to catch the sunrise and I incorporate all these mindful techniques. So this is happening within a window between 4.44 and about 8 a.m. And I don't schedule anything for myself in life until after that. Every once in a while, mm -hmm. I might do an early yoga class or something like that, but it's got to be serving me. I serve me first thing in the morning. So ritual. And now a brief break to hear from one of our sponsors. The Her Life, Her Way podcast is sponsored by HER, a women-owned and operated virtual assistant and online business management agency that provides female-identifying founders and leaders from around the globe with creative and technical support. With over 4,500 log client hours and over 130 clients served in just three years, our highly skilled and trained team has been able to provide high quality, reliable, and strategic support that has helped our clients to create sustainable growth in their businesses while also taking some much needed time off. 
As shown by her 90% client retention rate, her customers love, trust, and are empowered in their work with our beloved team members. Our mission at Her is to empower and enable more female founders to do more of what they love with the people they love while leaving a lasting impact on the communities that matter most to them. Some of the services our virtual assistants provide include email marketing, inbox and calendar management, course design and management, podcast management, blog writing, Instagram management, and website management. While our highly skilled online business managers support our clients with systems and processes management, launch strategy and implementation, client experience management, project management, and team management. If any of these services sound like they would be helpful to you and your business, we would love to connect with you to learn more about you and your own specific needs. Feel free to go to our show notes to learn more about her and the work that we do as an agency. We would absolutely love to support you and the amazing work that you are doing within your community. So once again, go to the link in the show notes to learn more about our agency and connect directly with me, Maddie, the founder of her, to book your own discovery call to talk about next steps and getting you the support that you need and you deserve. So now back to the show. People can be, my ritual is so inlaid in me. It sounds complicated and like a lot, but it's not. It's how I live. It's my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know my dip time in the afternoon and I schedule nothing in that. That's okay. my time when I either take a nap, I go take a walk in nature, I do my thing. So yeah, really understanding your your own natural energy is where we learn to become energetically responsible. Because if I didn't take that time for myself in the morning, that's so precious, and I didn't pay attention to when my energy dips, well, then I would just become so anxious, so overwhelmed, so agitated, exhausted, and still trying to perform right? And be myself when I'm not myself in the world. And that would be so irresponsible. We all shine our brightest when we're taking care of ourselves first. Absolutely. And there are a lot of leaders and entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast. And whenever I'm having conversations with other leaders, this is something that I always jam out about because I think if we're really like ethically running our companies or ethically being a leader in whatever community in which we are a part of, you have to take care of yourself because otherwise you're going to lash out when you don't mean to. You're going to make decisions that you're not centered in, you're going to make choices that just are not um, responsible for you or for other people. And so I really love that you point out how important it is to take care of yourself very first thing, right? Creating that foundation for your day. But also the less commonly talked about part is like paying attention to where your energy dips in the afternoon or whatever time that is. I first started noticing for that, that for myself a couple years ago. And I was wondering like, why is my energy always so low around like 2, 2.30? I used to say after 2.30, I'm useless. Like do not yeah. <laughs> try to have a conversation with me. Do not try to give me work. And, you know, being a part of a society that really preaches like pretty much like 24-7 productivity, right? Yep. I thought that it was something wrong with me. I'm like, why can't I keep up past this time? You know, the workday goes till five. Why can I just like not do it between the hours of 2.30 and five o'clock? And 
eventually I kind of just gave in and allowed myself time to rest and don't schedule anything during those hours. And I found that actually, well, I had to do some mindset work obviously around the productivity piece, but I found when I actually gave myself time to rest during that space, I was better able to show up for myself and others later in the night, right? So I was actually able to have connective conversations with my partner after work. Whereas before when I was just pushing through, I was a zombie by like 5.30 or around dinner time. I couldn't actually connect with my partner. And also the next day I woke up feeling lighter because I took care of myself in the way that my body needed, in the way that my soul needed the day before. Um, Another question I had for you, about energy and uh, like energetic relationships was about relationship, about connection, mm-hmm. which I know is a huge piece. So when we are interacting with people in our lives where it doesn't feel good, for lack of a better word, like something just doesn't feel good in your energy, in your body, when you're interacting with someone, and let's say you are aren't able to necessarily like break off that connection right there. Like let's say you're at the grocery store, right? (laughs) And the cashier is like just not giving the energy that you want to be a part of. What are some ways that you can energetically protect yourself or like release that energy after you've left a situation where it just doesn't feel good in your body? Does that question make sense? Oh gosh, yes. Energetic. So incredibly important. It is your responsibility. Nobody wants your jacked up energy and it's un ethical for us to keep transferring that we are stressed out society in all of humanity this is the people are very 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 overwhelmed Mm. Uh, and you can feel it everywhere and you become much more sensitive to it when you are practicing good energetic hygiene right so um when i go into like a public space and i can you know sense that the cashier is just like she's jacked up, you know, um, I immediately will offer a smile. I will be in service with my energy, not in judgment of, of her because we've all been jacked up, right? The problem we get at the problem, when we get into judgment and blame and shame, we're in trouble. Then now you're, you're a part of the problem. But instead, I will offer my energy in service. Like, hey, how are you today? You know, a smile. Kindness will take you a million miles with people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I always try to do that. That doesn't always land. <laughs> um, but, you know, if I know that I'm, I'm trying. And when it doesn't land, you know, a lot of times I am in situations where, and lots of, especially women, because I think gossip and judgment and all these things really reside within the feminine. Women may get mad at me for saying that, but that is the truth. That's Mercury retrograde. I mean, uh, Venus retrograde period we are in right now is so big for us to cleanse and flush that out. Um, But that's kind of like a part of a dynamic. So sometimes we can be in situations and a lot of times it's in our own families, right? It's like, you know, who's talking about who and what's going on. I take my hand and I place it, my right hand, and I place it over my solar plexus a lot, a lot, all the time when people are talking. And then with my left hand, you'll see me do a lot of this. And what I'm Mm -hmm. doing is switching the energy back to them. I'm not making them wrong for what they're saying. I'm not arguing. I'm, I'm just, when as soon as I pick up a tone that the energy is going in a way that feels abrasive or like a little 
staticky to my field, I'll just start, you know, like, yeah, oh, really? Yeah. And I'm pushing <laughs> energy back. I always tell people in my Reiki training, this is a good little tip because energy is, I mean, we learned this in Qigong and Tai Chi, like we move the energy in and out of our field around our body all the time, you know, so pushing the energy back to people holding on to your solar plexus and really giving it back is really powerful. Um, of course, you know, Epsom salt baths, soaking your feet, getting in natural bodies of water to cleanse and clear your energy is phenomenal. Um, guided meditations, listening to binaural beats. Listen, we've got so many tools out there today. We do. Um, the hard part is getting people out of the negative habit that gets them in the funk, you know? Um, all we can do is present tools and try to keep our energy as clear as possible. But when it comes to relationships, um, if it's not your nervous system, it is not good for you. Hmm. We get in, and this is something that, this is my samaskara, this is something that I work with all the time, is people pleasing. And a lot of times something doesn't feel right, but we feel bad or we do it anyway. We don't want them to be mad, right? We don't want to rock the boat. Um, and then we get ourselves in an energetic entanglement that starts to deplete your energy. And then it gets a little stickier getting out of that. Not that you can't get out of it, but it requires some, you know, integrity and confidence that sometimes needs to be exercised to be able to say, I cannot participate in this. It doesn't feel good to my nervous system without making the other person wrong. Yep. Just simply saying it just doesn't feel good to my nervous system. So people pleasing is probably the most difficult thing that keeps us from being aware of that. Um, but you spoke a moment about how, you know, you work often with leaders. Mm hmm. This is something I'm really passionate about. I'm actually beginning a, a coaching program on this in the fall for leaders um, because coming out of the pandemic, um, the first thing that people went to was the mindfulness community. Mm -hmm. and we're not equipped because mm -hmm. we were a starving art for a very long time, you know? Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden people were coming to us and we ourselves were not equipped. We were not right. It was a pandemic. We were freaking out too, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, there is a lot of reframing that I think needs to be laid down now, right now. We cannot wait because we're moving so quickly into the future right now. Um, so we really need to reframe ourselves as leaders where we are fully aware of having energetic responsibility. Um, leadership is taking on a whole different path right now. And having through social media, being a leader and putting yourself out there, I'm sure you've experienced this too. Lots of people have access to you and there are many leaky energetic holes. Yes. Yeah. And really need proper tools as leaders to understand how, you know, I, I heard somebody speak um, a, a while ago, it was on a podcast and they said, you know, think about picking up your phone in the morning and 
catching a response of people who responded to a post that you put up the night before. And let's say it's 150 people. So in the early morning, would you feel comfortable getting out of bed and opening up your bedroom door and there's 150 people standing there? (laughs) That's a great analogy, yeah. Absolutely not. But people are so unaware of that from um, a techno, you know, from our phone and our laptops and social media because we're not physically seeing them. But from an energetic perspective, they have access to your energy. And that is draining you. So we need to have super healthy boundaries around when we are responding to people on social media who has access to your energy. And this is not just for leaders. This is for everyone, but specifically leaders, because you are teaching other people, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're leading in today's world, we must incorporate mindful awareness of how we are living our own lifestyle is a projection of how we are leading and it is so incredibly important to make sure that your energetic hygiene is numero uno and then also you know having the the conversation that we're having right now this conscious conversation as two leaders like this is important Mm -hmm. you know so the old outdated, you know, like gossip hangouts around the water cooler days are dead and over. Now we have conscious relationships with and conversations with other leaders are like, wow, how are you doing it? The QuickBook stresses me out. How do you, <laughs> you pull and sharing so that we can all show up? We're moving into a whole new world of leadership. Competition is yesterday's news boy it is nothing to do with the collaboration that we are really being called to as leaders um it's just so important that we're all on board energetically and um yeah i could talk about that forever too but yeah no i love that you bring that up there are so many points there that i could pull out but i want to specifically talk about the leadership piece uh, you talked briefly at the end that leadership is taking a whole new direction in your opinion, right? That we're moving less, more so away from competition and closer towards collaboration, which I totally agree with. And I think also too, that that just feels better for most parties, <laughs> right? Feel good the, the system? It does feel yeah. so good. And so I want if you can, you do expand a little bit about what you hope to see leadership grow into in this next stage of where we're at right now. So like we're moving closer to collaboration, but if we're really taking care of our nervous systems, what would you love for that to look like? Uh, so first of all, loaded question. <laughs> so good though, Maddie. It's so good. So we are a web. Life is a web. You know, we are all part of a grid. Um, and when we are being mindful energetically and then we're naturally collaborating with energy that feels right to our nervous system. So it either excites us and grows us or it feels safe and both are wonderful. Um, never should it be, uh, challenging where you're feeling sick to your stomach about an interaction or you're frightened and scared ever, ever, ever. So mm-hmm. that, that, that awareness right there of knowing that we're collaboration is happening on like energy is so expansive. And 
You know, I think the old model of leadership, especially in the self-help world, the mindfulness world, was that everybody wanted to be number one. So yep. everybody wanted to be Oprah, you know, yep. next Deepak and, you know, the greatest yoga studio, the only one that everybody goes to. And that is not sustainable. It is not correct. There is every single leader has a message in them and everyone is so incredibly unique and authentic. So we need everyone's vision. But here's the thing, the wonderful thing about leadership is that as an entrepreneur, you know, when you are a leader, that's a calling. It's mm -hmm. like a soul siren. It's annoying. Because sometimes <laughs> you'd much rather just go work for somebody and get a paycheck and like not have to think about anything, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah. That thing off. We're like, shut up down there. I don't yep. think, you know? <laughs> yeah. So the old uh, model of leadership where it was very ego-based um, is now moving into this awareness of entrepreneurship is a soul call. You can't turn it off. Not everybody has it. Not everybody has that soul siren going off in them that they need to create a new program or, you know, I need to like do a new class or create this new product that'll help people leave a better life. But all entrepreneurs have the same awareness of wanting to help. Mm -hmm. And we, when we awaken to that, um, soul siren in today's days in in, in 2020 free <laughs> what's happening this year in this this the energetics of the year 2020 free we're untangling ourselves from all kinds of bullshit so that mm -hmm. we can you know align ourselves with healthy things and healthy people and we we are aware aware now that entrepreneurship is a spiritual calling has nothing to do with religion. It has to do with this something in you is calling you to collaborate with people to make the world a better place. Period. Beautiful. Yeah, that's a really beautiful definition of it. Yeah. I think um, entrepreneurship has been done dirty and we've been taught to hustle and to put on a happy face. Fake it till you make it. Like what? Who said that? Fake yeah. what? So then you're leading people off of the fake it till you make it? No. No. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a whole transformation happening in leadership right now. It's a purification and it's wonderful. And I really would believe in my heart that um, collaboration will be the way and that, you know, we're not competitive in any way because what I've got, you don't have what you have. I don't have. I, you know, like I don't want it. I don't want you. I can't handle having another thing on my plate. Can you, you know? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I love, so there are so many beautiful gems in there. The first one that I'll start with is that I love that you distilled entrepreneurship down to like basically the basic need is like this need to help people or this desire to want to help people. And I think so often in entrepreneurship, when you're really in the thick of it, um, and especially if you're not taking care of yourself, you can get wrapped up in all the things, right? And it becomes very heady. <laughs> like you're just like very much so in your thoughts. And I think that's where folks start to 
kind of go off track and start to do things that are misaligned with their truest desires, one of which being to help people and also like just not authentic, right? So I think even when you said entrepreneurs just have this basic desire to help people, I felt this like, <laughs> I use a lot of sound like uh, noise effects, but like this like dropping in of like, oh yeah, like that remembering of this is what I'm doing, this centering of, oh, this is my true north. This is how I come back to what I meant to do originally when I first started my business. Because if you think back to when you first started your business, whatever that may be, you had a specific calling, you had a specific mission in mind, there was something that really drove you and pulled your heart forward. And I think once you get deeper into the weeds of business, you can really forget that original calling. And so I just love that you called that out, because it brings us back to the beginning. But something I want to touch on is one of our last points here is, again, on collaboration. If we are noticing that we are collaborating with folks or engaging in activities in our businesses or in our communities that just no longer feel aligned, what are some tools or tips that you give for folks to say no, to like shed the weight of things that no longer serve them? Do you have advice for people who are going through that process? Absolutely. Um, when you start feeling your energy shift and um, maybe you're in an outdated collaboration, maybe mm-hmm. outgrown it, or maybe you got yourself in a collaboration and then realized it wasn't really feeling right to your nervous system. Honesty is the best policy. We just mm-hmm. don't have to push it through with blame or shame. We can do it with kindness. And it's really time for us all to start respecting that each individual knows what's good and right for them, you know, instead of taking it personally. Um, you know, it's it's the, the beautiful power of the little word no is frightening for an entrepreneur because we are afraid that we are missing an opportunity or we're not taking to the challenge or, you know, which maybe it should be really uncomfortable in this way. Uncomfortable is okay. um, But not when it's rocking your nervous system. So you make no excuses for maintaining your vibration and Mm -hmm. A fellow leader who um, is conscious-minded will also know, yeah, my energy is a little too much for you. You know, maybe down the road we can revisit this again. Or, yeah, you know, you're you're in a space of healing and I'm, I'm over here maybe. You know, we'll, we'll yeah. come back again at some point. You know, energy is always moving and flowing. But just doing so with... Um, love and respect and kindness instead of blame and shame. Absolutely. Yeah. I always say like bless and let go, right? It's like (laughs) I think so quickly people want to blame and shame and all the things um, because sometimes it can feel good in that moment to like let it out, you know, but again, not energetically responsible, not productive, (laughs) Um, doesn't bring good things into your life because you're carrying that with you as a weight in your body on your energy. And so blessing and letting go is like the best practice for business, for leadership, for life, you know, (laughs) just to be able to wish people well and choose differently for yourself. Even saying that though, I do feel that, that as we have, um, there is something that is calling us forward to also call out the inappropriateness of leadership. Mm -hmm. 
today. So we can say no, but don't be silent. Just don't start war. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think it's all about in how you communicate. Again, which comes back to really having a well-balanced uh, and healthy nervous system because if you're out of whack, you're not going to be able to take a moment to pause because we all have things from our past, from our present that trigger us, right? Yep. So like if someone sends a nasty or a nasty email or something that you perceive as a nasty email, right? You're getting triggered from this thing from your childhood, from this thing that your mom said to you, from this thing that your coworker said to you, your old boss said to you, right? Which is not this person's responsibility. Yes. Should this person have communicated more kindly to you? Yes. But it's not their responsibility to know that you have all this shit behind the curtain. Yes. <laughs> like coming forward when they sent this email. So I think just being able to, like you said, Sally, like be able to stand up for yourself, but in a way that honors both your energy and the other person's. Because at the end of the day, we're all just trying to learn, or at least that's the the belief that I try to have for people. I believe at the end of the day, everyone in their core is good. That's how I operate throughout the world. And so <laughs> I think it's just like uncovering like, hey, this made me feel this way. I like really would appreciate this change in behavior if we're going to continue, et cetera. Uh, but I love that you highlighted that. That's not just being silent because I think for far too long, folks have been told to stay silent and we've seen where that's kind of gotten us. Yes. Yeah. I think we're moving into the era where we're uh, guilt and shame hopefully will be extinct. Hopefully. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, we could have a conversation for hours, but I want to give you a moment to share a bit more about how folks can connect with you, any offerings that you are either offering remotely or in person in the Wildwood area. Um, so you have the mic to share all of those things. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, well, I'm sitting here in the B-Soul studio in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey, and we offer, we're a wellness studio, so we offer all kinds of yoga classes and different wellness modalities. So if you're in the area, please stop in. We're all about building community and being a hub for wellness. I also teach and train in all levels of Reiki, and I really, really, really love that work because that's creating a leader in you. You are a leader with your own energy. So I do level one, level two, and then masters. I'm very, very passionate about that. And I take that, I travel around to different yoga studios, even nurses and everywhere. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do. I really love to spread that message. And um, so also leadership coaching that will be happening in the fall. I also run a little portal of my own private communities called the Soul Space Portal and love that space. It's a safe little hangout in the world and we try to be energetically responsible over there. <laughs> Beautiful thing. But you can reach me on Instagram, Sally Soul Space. You can reach me at B Soul Studio on Instagram. Um, I have websites to both Sally Soul Space and to Be Soul, and you can just access me there. Reach out to me. Awesome. And if anyone is listening to this and is in the Wildwood area or even from Philly and coming down for the summer, New York coming down from the summer, I got the chance to experience the studio for the first time when? Last month. Yeah, June. And it was amazing. <laughs> and I am looking forward to coming back again next month. So yeah, definitely go check out the studio um, and all of your amazing work. We'll link everything in the show notes. But before we wrap up, Sally, I have a few 
rapid fire questions I've been asking all of our guests. So they start out short and sweet and then go into some more expansive questions that you can just give a moment of thought to and then respond with the first thing that is on your heart. Are you good with that? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So for the first question, it is sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Sweet or salty? Mmm, salty. <laughs> Mountains or beach? Oh, both. <laughs> both. <laughs> what is one word you'd use to describe yourself? Spirited. What would you want your last meal to be? Oh, <laughs> French fries. <laughs> oh my gosh, such a good answer. Um, if tomorrow were your last day, how would you want to spend it or who would you want to spend it with? Oh, in love, with love, um, out in nature with my family. That's it. All love, all love. Beautiful. And then last question is, if you could leave the world with one last piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, be an authentic projection from your soul. There is nothing else that matters. You are not your labels. You are not even your personality. You're not your name. You are just a soul. Remember that you are just a soul. It takes so much pressure off of you because the soul has one mission. It's here to evolve. It doesn't really care. It's going to grow through any circumstance your personality attracts to it. It's just here to experience living life through the lens of your personality. So take the heat off of, you know, worrying about what other people think. That's ego personality. And drop into soul and set your soul free. Your life will turn around in extraordinary ways. Oh. Beautiful. What a wonderful way to wrap up our conversation today. Thank you so, so much for carving out the time and being here and sharing in this conversation with me. I absolutely loved it. And so I'm very grateful for um, us connecting today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Her Life, Her Way podcast. I am so grateful that you have found your way here and that you carved out some time out of your day and your busy schedule to be a part of this community and tune into these conversations. If you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could take just a quick moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Subscribers and reviews really, really help the growth of our podcast long term. So if you are appreciating the conversations that we're having and you believe in the mission of what we're trying to do here with this podcast, it would go a super long way if you could take again just a moment to subscribe to the pod and leave a review or even share with a friend if you enjoyed this episode in particular. Thank you again for being here and we will see you next time.